listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Ever since COVID, what we know to be the norm is rapidly changing. In order to adapt to this, your business must adjust and transform accordingly. For pharmacies, unlocking the profession's potential to improve patient care is where this opportunity lies. Today's product-focused role of the pharmacist calls for the industry to move toward clinical services. The focus will be on prevention over treatment, and care will happen in the home or community. As accessible and trusted healthcare personnel, pharmacists can play a big role. Happier at Home harnesses this opportunity by showing the benefits of expanding your pharmacy into home care services and how this is a recipe for success. Innovation and growth will help community pharmacies to continue to exist and thrive in the future. Hey, welcome back to Happier at Home PRN. Today's pretty exciting. There's an opportunity right now to formulate your ideas and begin supporting our pro-pharmacy measures in Congress, which has never been more important than ever before. Um, Everyone listening, if you're a pharmacy owner, you very much realize the millions, multi-millions of dollars that are being pumped into lobbying. PCMA is promoting their usual misinformation, trying to portray our PBMs, the major PBMs, the three biggest PBMs as cost savings entities. And we really need you to set the record straight. So today's special guest is Ronna Hauser. She is a champion with NCPA. She works with so many different divisions with NCPA. Um, Rana, it's so great to have you back. Thanks, Todd. Happy to be here. Hi, everyone. Yes, thanks for being with us, too. I appreciate it. Thank you, Debbie. Debbie, I entered pharmacy in 2004. I didn't even understand what a PBM was until about 2016, 2018, when it really started to matter. Things started shifting. So I'm sure um, there are a lot of people in the business of pharmacy who still don't understand, and it is always changing. They're doing it on purpose so that you ha- it's a hard time to catch up with different things that are coming out of what our three major PBMs are doing. Um, I want to just set the stage. Um, Happier at Home is creating business opportunities for our community pharmacies to do things a little bit differently infuse cash-based businesses into the their community pharmacy that is going to help supplement, but more important, really chart the future of what a community pharmacy is to be doing in their communities, offering different services that are in demand. We know 11,000 new 65-year-olds are born every day for the next however many days left in 2024 there are. And that means that senior care services and home care services are needed more than ever before. So just to set the stage, talk to our listeners, our pharmacy owners, people that maybe want to open a pharmacy, a little bit about what Happier at Home is doing to infuse this new uh, business into their community pharmacies. Thank you so much, Todd. So what we have identified with Happier at Home and our efforts to uh, increase the quality of care in the community is that our pharmacy owners and independent pharmacists have the opportunity to become that hub of the hub and spoke of uh, the healthcare community. So not only should they be looking at 
how to optimize the profits in their uh, independent pharmacy themselves, but they really need to understand that they're uniquely positioned with their degree and with their position within the community to have these connections within the healthcare arena to doctor's offices, long-term care facilities, rehab, uh, that connection bridging into the home where we want our uh, aged and elderly to be able to stay uh, and age in place safely. And so the the what we're doing with our pharmacy owners is giving them an opportunity to expand into home and community-based services so that you're, if you look at it from a couple different perspectives, you're able to create a new revenue service or stream of service uh, with providing home care. But then also you are creating this patient base that within your pharmacy, then you could uh, capture the long-term care at home opportunity as well. Rana, there is so much happening right now, and I'm glad that Debbie kind of set the stage for us of what we're talking about today. If we don't have pharmacists understanding, pharmacy owners understanding what's happening in the creation of new policies to support a shift in PBM um, grip around their businesses and what happens, there's there's pieces of legislation, there's priority legislation that the NCPA has been hard at work Um pushing these messages to Capitol Hill. Um, there's so many. I mean, it, it's kind of like a hotbed right now. There's the Monetizing and Ensuring PBM Accountability um, Act. Um, there's the um, S3430 Better Mental Health uh, Care, Lowering uh, Cost Drugs. Give our listeners just a preview of some of the things that you're working on, holding hand-to-hand -hand our pharmacy owners throughout the nation through the NCPA. Yeah, and thanks, Todd. And you hit the nail on the head with those bills coming out of the Senate. So uh, it's an um, interesting time, I'll say, in Washington, D.C. right now. Um, we're looking up, uh, you know, we're staring down a potential government shutdown. Um, Congress has to get their act together to do something. And we're hoping with any upcoming spending bill that Congress will move forward with some common sense pharmacy benefit manager reform. So it is really all hands on deck right now for NCP and its members to get common sense reform across the finish line. So the legislation you referenced, Todd, is very important for the future um, viability of independent community pharmacy. Uh, what some of those uh, bills would do, they include a lot. Um, I can't go over everything this morning, but I will just highlight the top line messaging of what we're trying to accomplish. It's making sure that in the Medicaid managed care world that pharmacies are paid fairly and commensurately uh, according to what their state Medicaid fee-for-service program pays. So that is acquisition-based payment plus a commensurate professional dispensing fee or cost plus payment. It's a transparent way and methodology to reimburse our members. It's something that we've long advocated for, for Medicaid managed care prescriptions. And we're tired of the games that are being played. And we know states are tired of the games that are being played with taxpayer money in these Medicaid managed care programs that have shown to be filled with fraud, uh, waste, and abuse, and many, many uh, public cases of states going to battle with the PBMs over their Medicaid managed care dollars. So we've got to ban spread pricing once and for all. We've got to have a pass-through model that pays pharmacies fairly, and we got to pay PBMs just a straight-up administrative fee. 
So that would, um, if it moves through Congress, like we hope it will, that will be a federal mandate to do just that. We know some states have taken that activity to date, but this is even stronger in that it's a federal mandate to change the way that Medicaid managed care pays pharmacies. Um, super important. It's a cost saver. So we hope to have it attached to any um, moving spending bill. And then next up, uh, the most important other aspect of pharmacy right now is Medicare Part D payments are low, they're underwater, they're unsustainable. So this legislation would require CMS once and for all to put forth a very defined framework as to what reasonable and relevant contract terms are in Part D. We know that many of our members uh, live, you know, the Part D program, it could be 40% plus more of their business, even more so for some long-term care pharmacies. We know that many, many long-term care pharmacies, the vast majority of their drugs are covered under Part D. So we've got to get that program reformed and get it right. So uh, those are our top priorities right now. And uh, the push is on for sure. And you're working so hard at this, but um, it's something that the pharmacy owners are hearing about and um, dealing with, but really on an action basis, what can our pharmacy owners do? Uh, what would you, if you were in their position, what would you um, actually, what actionable items can they take to help push this through? Yeah, Debbie, that's a great question. We've had very targeted uh, call to action uh, messages to our members over the last several weeks, and we expect a few more coming up. So it's making sure you're engaged with NCPA, making sure you're signed up on our Legislative Action Center, because when we put out one of those call to actions, we need our members to respond. The last several we've put out, we've had you know, thousands of pharmacies contacting their Washington, D.C.-based representatives and senators, and that's just vital because whenever we put one of those call to actions out, it means the timing is very important and we need an all hands on deck approach. So it is a click through system. It's a quick message into your member of Congress, um, into their DC based office, but we've got to get um, those call to actions timed right. So be on the lookout for NCPA um, to put forth those call to actions. Um, like I said, the next few weeks are going to be crucial. We hear there is a possibility things may get kicked down the road a little bit further, but something has to happen this spring, suffice it to say. So we're staring down a, a few more weeks at the most. Um, and then we're afraid that if something doesn't get attached and move with a spending bill, PBM reform may disappear. And that would be a huge, huge loss and a huge shame because Congress has done so much work to put together common sense PBM reform. We've got to stop the political bickering and get something done. Agreed. Well, I think of the mental health aspect um, it's become more prevalent and front and center with our community pharmacies and understanding. I think we all started getting hyper-focused after the, the pandemic, right after we realized, wow, mental health is a big part of this. Um, all of our opioid use disorder patients got swept under the rug because we were all worried about vaccination and immunization. That all taught Congress, that taught the federal government how important community pharmacies were to control, roll out, get testing done, uh, get the get the vaccinations done. The next level is to show Congress, based on the money that's being spent, the rise in the need for senior care services, the rise in need for home care services, the rise for better health, um, mental health services. There is a specific uh, bill 3430, Better Mental Health Care, uh, Lowering Drug Costs and Extenders Act. You know, the reason I mention this, stay on track with what the NCPA puts out front. 
this is just a shout out to our listeners. So always take kind of their lead, go to their website. They're packing their website full of information. This is what actually where I'm getting this information right now is from the NCPA website. However, if if you get information out to your congressman, uh, Congress uh, people to to uh, update them, including other aspects of how this affects your your homebound patient and the community at large is very important. So I think mentioning mental health and and the cause for alarm um, under the current PBM structures and and playbook is important. So that's the only reason I brought that up. But can you kind of expand upon that for us, uh, Rana? Uh, the better um, mental health care, uh, lower cost drugs and extenders? Yeah, Todd, you're so right. And that's where our Part D reform is included. So we've got to help patients from a mental standpoint, a mental health standpoint. We've got to help uh, with health equity. It's a major goal of CMS. And right now, that's not happening in the Part D program. The PBMs are paying us below cost, not even to mention the cost to run your business, just below the cost to acquire the drug. We've taken many examples to CMS of long-acting injectables, for example. These medications are vital for adult schizophrenic patients, and we are at a point where our members cannot afford to dispense them, and this leaves a huge gap in care. So these concerns are very real. Um, independent pharmacies are unfortunately closing. There were over 300 closures of independent pharmacies last year, and if anyone's watching the news, it's been a hot topic in the news the last several weeks. We've had multiple independent pharmacies closed just this year. So again, it's time for Congress to wake up. It's time for the administration and CMS to wake up and do something. Everyone's aware of these problems, but when it comes to taking the hard, you know, line, you know, step and decision to actually do something, that's what we're lacking right now. And um, that's why reform is so vital. We've got to keep our members uh, vital. We've got to keep them embedded in their communities. Um, everything Debbie's worked so hard to accomplish everything she's working towards. It requires having those community-based providers, you know, those community and long-term care pharmacies in their local neighborhoods providing this level of care. We've got to keep them viable and we've got to keep them open to help patients. I agree. And, uh, you know, that is one of the reasons that I really focus on our independent pharmacy owners to expand into those home and community-based services. Uh, so could you actually talk a little bit about how you and those at the NCPA assist the pharmacy owners in uh, the establishment of uh, capturing the long-term care at home? Yeah, absolutely, Debbie. So We've worked for several years at NCPA as part of our long-term care division to educate our members as to the importance of providing that same level of long-term care pharmacy service to patients who prefer to age and reside in their home. So this is a very important top-line um, advocacy initiative of NCPA's long-term care division. We have made some strides in getting CMS to recognize that these services are necessary for homebound patients. But again, the next step is getting appropriate and commensurate reimbursement for that higher level of service being provided. So again, we've worked hard to educate our members as to what LTC at Home is. We formed an alliance for LTC at Home Pharmacy Services. Um, I encourage everyone to go to pharmacyathome.org. Um, it's a great uh, website, LTC Pharmacy at Home Alliance. All of our resources, highlights of the issue about us is all included on that website. I think you'll find a lot of good resources there. 
Um, but suffice it to say, you know, these are patients that are taking multiple medications, a minimum of six. They have multiple chronic conditions, a minimum of three. You know, many of them have had a recent skilled stay, a hospitalization, an ER visit. They have to have assistance coordinating care. They have limited mobility. That's when it gets into the two ADL support, the basic ADLs or the instrumental ADLs. You know, you qualify, you work with the physicians and you work with the patients, you qualify them for this level of care and you identify your total, you know, poten potential opportunity within your own pharmacy, um, you know, and within the patients that you service today. And then you make mm -hmm. sure that you're equipped to provide them that higher level of service, which is the compliance packaging, which is the medication synchronization, which is the 24-7 on-call ability of a pharmacist. You know, all of these things that our members have been doing for years in the long-term care space. And you, uh, you know, you translate those services over to your at-home patients. I think it's vital and the need's only going to grow. Uh, our alliance has been in front of CMS multiple times you know, explaining to them what we're trying to achieve, explaining to them the win-win that it'll be for CMS as well with reduced overall healthcare cost and uh, putting, you know, basically a playbook in front of them as to how they have the current authority to do this and to please, you know, put forth a regulation that would that would change um, the CMS rules to uh, require the recognition of these services and require a commensurate level of uh, payment to go along with them as well. So uh, it's an all hands on deck effort through our alliance. Uh, we're talking to, of course, members of Congress as well, but our target is really on CMS to, to make some changes within their program. So important for the community, it really is. And um, I think one of the things I hear from people calling in to learn more about becoming a franchisee is mm -hmm. that there's this, uh, there's a lot of competition out there. There is competition uh, of from other home uh, agency, home care agency owners, um, but our pharmacy owners are uniquely positioned where they are meeting the people that are coming into their pharmacy. Uh, they're having family members come in that could even be, uh, they could be caregivers for your, your company. Um, and then I think about also the community health workers uh, for those pharmacy owners who have been incorporating community health workers and how even an extension of a community health worker by way of our Happier at Home advocacy or advocacy um, and care management programs really reaches into the community to help our uh, aging and disabled. Um, but then looking at it from the independent pharmacy owner, can you identify what the biggest direct benefit to the pharmacy owner is of uh, capturing that LTC at home? Yeah, absolutely. So once our members are able to make sure that they uh, qualify and that they can be considered a long-term care pharmacy, and again, that's being able to perform certain uh, performance criteria that are listed in the Medicare manual, you know, 10 criteria, they have to be able to perform that criteria um, they have to be able to work with a partner in the long-term care contracting space, you know, again, to get set up to bill as a long-term care pharmacy. And then again, they can transfer some of those patients that they may currently be billing under a retail community pharmacy contract and network. They can transfer those patients over to a long-term care contract. Again, um, it's a win-win. It's a win for the pharmacies. It's a win for the patients. It's an area of pharmacy long-term care is historically has not had um, some of these egregious PBM fees, you know, attached to those contracts. 
So again, it's a, it's a win for the pharmacy and that they can move patients that really need that higher level of long-term care, you know, into their long-term care line of business. Very good. And do you hear uh, when you're speaking to the pharmacy owners, what do you have here as the largest either objection uh, to expanding or is there is there a common reason uh, that pharmacy owners don't go into uh, long term care at home? Yeah, maybe it's just because a lack of education. And that's why all the work that you're doing, that Todd's helped to do, that myself and NCPA have helped to do is so important. You know, a lot of people don't know they're a long-term care pharmacy until they know they're a long-term care pharmacy, right? They're servicing yeah. a few patients here and there in group home settings or different types of settings. And um, they don't realize that that extra level of care and that extra service and attention they're giving and that on-call ability and that compliance packaging, you know, and that delivery and that syncing, they don't realize that all of that is is truly the heart of long-term care. And um, it, it really takes education to get them to realize that and then to go through their their own pharmacy system and their own patient base to realize what patients could be qualified. And then again, it's a, you know, a series of attestations. It's working with the physicians to make sure you can truly qualify that patient as needing to reside, you know, at home, but otherwise qualifying as a patient who would otherwise be in a, a skilled or an assisted or a group home setting. So um, it, it's, it's work. Yes, but I think it's, it's well worth it. And in the long run, these patients are better taken care of and better served. Sounds like the fear of the unknown. You know, how much do we need to do to get this established? And where do I even start? And I know with our uh, pharmacists and pharmacy owners just being stretched thin to begin with, I know it can seem like a daunting, daunting task. That's why we have a lot of members and a lot of resources to help make that happen. I know all of us have been on different panels and different you know, opportunities out there public facing to uh, to talk about the the stories and the success stories and to highlight members who have done this successfully. And, and we do have some of that information on both the NCPA website and the Pharmacy at Home Alliance website I mentioned earlier. So lot, lots of good resources out there. And Debbie, I know you have lots of good resources and success stories um, as well to share. Shout out to our listeners. Um, these are pharmacy owners, pharmacists, our technicians that are working extremely hard and sometimes they feel that the sand and the, the the footing is being dug out from underneath them by these PBMs that are that are supposed to be um, facilitating a payment structure that makes sense and, and gives them an ability to stay in business. But I, I want to make a point to our listeners, you have an opportunity to connect with people who can guide you in building this business. Back to what Debbie was saying, if, if you're a pharmacy owner, you're stressed out, all of a sudden someone like Debbie says, hey, let's talk about adding a franchise to infuse more services into your community pharmacy um, to, to give your community what they need. Because if you put in, go to Google, put in long-term care home services and go to the news section and watch all the articles that are coming out saying that there just aren't enough services out there. And, and I, I want to say that you have people who care enough and make it their livelihood to help you uh, implement this. So we're not we're not saying, hey, implement a home care agency as a franchise. Uh, good luck. High five. This is a step by step <laughs> process that Debbie puts you through. It's almost like she has a boot camp. She has a, a strategy. She ha and, 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 and it's changing as you move forward, as as many of these franchises that Happier at Home has been um, has been leveraging and our connection to NCPA is so important as well. 
um, we will always connect you with people who know um, the 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 de the devil in the details per se in order to make sure that you're doing this correctly. Um, you will be um, at uh, Debbie and um, Rana. You will be at the March 10th Profit Summit Live, um, which will be done in Dallas. Um, yes. You you just finished up multi-site, which the NCPA's multi-site event is just a powerhouse of of um, of people and and how um, multi-site owners think a, a little bit differently because they know that they have multiple locations that they're taking care of. And then um, uh, the APHA, uh, the American Pharmacists Association, the NCPA will also be there. So this is an opportunity to connect with Debbie and 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 Rana at different events. And I think all three of us will, will be in Dallas um, on March 10th. Is that right, Debbie? It is. Very excited about that. Yeah, we are too. Yes, I'll be in Dallas March 10th, and then Debbie and I will be down at the NCPA Multiple Locations Conference um, February 29th, just a few days away. So looking forward to it. Yes, right. I am looking forward to that and our, our safe uh, panel discussion. Yep. Absolutely. Well, um, what else do you want to tell our listeners in in thinking hey this is this is time to get going but then also remember that there's an ecosystem here that's important to navigate and and they could be nervous about this debbie they could be nervous about adding this business yeah they could be nervous i would say that you just can't go along with the norm and feel that everyone around you is who's going to make these changes happen. You can't, you can't depend on others. <clears throat> As that old saying goes, your vote counts. Um, so making sure that you're staying connected with those uh, press releases on NCPA that Rana is so intricately involved in to make sure you're speaking up for your independent pharmacies so we can get everyone out of this hole and uh, becoming profitable. Um, certainly with Happier at Home, we are uh, on the other side of just trying to make sure that you're diversifying and um, becoming a franchisee definitely is not where you're left alone. You become a franchisee and we have step-by-step -step processes and we have uh, business coaches that meet with you almost on a daily basis in the beginning, especially. And we help you get going because we really want you to be successful. Uh, you know, it's something close to my heart because I started this company back in 2007 because of uh, my mother's brain cancer and the lack of care that we could find in our home for that. And so I am very passionate about making sure that the services that you provide are really going to make the difference in people's lives. And I know they do. I, I have a hanging folder file folder that tells you how old I am, but uh, <laughs> a hanging file folder filled with notes, letters, uh, thank yous of how our franchisees have really affected and helped people, uh, the, the patients and the families alike, uh, to be able to embrace their older years, uh, enrich them as much as possible, and really help them stay safely at home. All right. So listeners, um, take a look at um, their website. It's happieratfranchise.com. Once again, that's happier 
at home franchise.com. It will be in the show notes. Um, Debbie, I always enjoy getting you on, um, talking with you, learning from you. Rana, you are a powerhouse. We thank you so much for everything that you do. Your entire career has been really dri driven by um, your passion to see community pharmacies succeed and, and being part of NCPA. I think that's really special. So I want to thank you as well. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for the opportunity today, Debbie. Yes, thank you so much. It's always great to see you. And I look forward to seeing you in a few days. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of great upcoming opportunities to expand um, you know, education on this topic. It's so important and it's just a way that independent pharmacy can can branch out and make a difference. So thanks for all the partnerships. Yeah, thank you too. And thank you so much, Todd. I really appreciate your uh, active involvement with everything that I do as well. Absolutely. We love Happier at Home, what you're doing for our community pharmacies. Once again, take a look. Happier at Home franchise.com. We thank you for listening. Happier at home, PRN. Oh, 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 oh,